Welcome to the For the Fans podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Scamahorn. I'm your other host, Phil Giannini. And uh, I heard there's been someone who's uh, had my name in their mouth. And uh, Sandro, I'm calling you out. You've been talking, saying, hey, I don't hear no footsteps. Well, you know what? Hear these footsteps. We've got not only the defending league MVP, but the former and soon-to-be two-time, count it, two-time Hart Trophy champion, Connor McDavid. Soon-to-be the three-time Ted Lindsay Award winner. We're coming at you between the pipes. We've got Father Time, Mike Smith, turning back the clock to bring us some playoff magic. Oilers are coming at you faster than McDavid on a breakaway, slipping past your best defenders and making them look like pylons. We're hitting harder than Darnell at open ice, making you call for a nurse. This kitchen is open and we're serving humble pie. So you best hope your Leafs fall apart in the first round again. Cause this hype train's coming and you're right on the tracks. And we ain't stopping until we're lifting three and a half, 34 and a half pounds of silver and nickel alloy. So put that in your pipe and smoke it because we're coming for you, Sandro. <laughs> I love it. That was amazing. Yeah, man. That was, you know, that was amazing. I, I blacked out there for a second, but uh, it's on. It, was, that, was that off the top of your head? Well, you know, there might have been notes here and there that I had to, to scribble down, but uh, it's all from the heart. Well, I mean, I guess we got right into the, the, the hockey talk, and you know what, Dalton? I'm definitely going to, um, well, you know, Sandro's our, like, number one listener, so he'll hear it. But I, I'm going to warn him before he listens. And then I'm going to let you know what he says. Oh, man. Put put the explicit content logo on this one because, you know, some fire's coming out. <laughs> Buddy, that was that got me fired up. I was going to say, did you did it get you as fired up as uh, Tom Wilson this last week against the New York Rangers? We had uh, a bit of an incident there. Yeah. let's. I guess we can get into it. I kind of already know what side you're on, which is a little... Uh, a little weird, but I, I don't, I'm not. I'm not here to argue with you. I, w- I want you to tell everyone what you think, so that they can make their own assumptions about you. <laughs> but <laughs> tell them kind of what happened. I mean, it was weird situation. So like, this is going to be a long talk. Okay, so we had basically a scrum that led to a fine, that led to a comment, that led to another fine, that led to a firing, that led to brawl. Did I kind of get that all right? Yeah, it was uh, one situation, and it just kind of snowballed throughout the week. I know uh, right off the bat, uh, there was the the scrum with Tom Wilson where he kind of got into it with Artemi Panarin, and his helmet fell off. He threw him to the ice. Buknevich came in. There was some more scrapping and scrumming, and uh, yeah, it only led to a uh, $5,000 fine. No suspension for Tom Wilson. And then a statement came out from the New York Rangers. They fired their entire office. We get basically 100, was it 100 penalty minutes? Six fights in the first period of the following game? Uh, over 100. Yeah. Over 100. Yeah. In the first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we got a new blood feud between the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers. But I want to hear your side first, Phil. You were saying that you think... Wilson should have been uh, suspended for longer for the incident? Well, like, let's go back, because you just explained it, right? But you did miss out the part where he punches Buchnevich in the back of the head when he's defenseless on the ground. 
to me, I thought that was disgusting. I was not a fan of that. I thought that, like, definitely he should have been suspended. I don't know if it would be one game or two games or, heck, just three because there's three left. Just start the playoffs. He's probably going to get suspended to the playoffs anyways. And I just, I know what you said to me in text form about the CBA and how you can't suspend. I get that. But I still think it was just something that needs to be not in the game. Like You said it was because it was a post-whistle scrum. It basically started the scrum, and it was because he hit a player illegally in the back of the head. And if you think that that's fine and that's why he shouldn't have got suspended, uh, then I don't know. I guess you're... Uh... You're a dirty. You're a dirty fan, then. Well, see, see, you're making me sound like I'm the worst person in the world. I wasn't arguing that he shouldn't be punished for what happened. I was defending the league and the five thousand dollar fine. Now I know New York Rangers fans won't agree with me, but if you're going to suspend, first off, Tom Wilson based off a post whistle scrum, then you better be putting a Microsoft, a uh, Microsoft, a microscope. On Think about Bill Gates, yeah. eh? Think about Melinda? <laughs> Think about Melinda, eh? Dalton's got Melinda on his mind. You know it. <laughs> you got... She's single. Oh, yeah? I'll be right back. Breaking up, Be buddy. right back. Gotta make a quick call and uh, become a billionaire. <laughs> but I, I, back to the, the scrum, I'm thinking you, you better put uh, every single post-whistle scrum then on a, uh, a mic- under a microscope. Be- no. No, because... I, I know what you're trying to bring up, but, like, dude, this doesn't happen all the time. You don't get someone who just punches a guy in the back of the head for no apparent reason when he's down and defenseless. This doesn't happen. Post-whistle scrums are usually just punches and stuff when the guys are both, uh, like, willing and not defenseless in prone position. That's the part that ticked me off. Okay. Well... But I have a question for you. Yep. I do. I have, I have a question. So... You still you you think he should have been suspended, but because you're also on the side of the rules, you don't care that he didn't get suspended. So he maybe didn't care isn't the word, but you, I think you know what I'm meaning. Right? I'm I'm understanding of the situation and what happened. So he got fined five thousand dollars, which is the max under the CBA, which is voted on by the players and the NHLPA and agreed on before the season even starts. They've made an agreement. $5,000, the max you can set a fine for, okay? So then we go, all right, well, what if you suspend Tom Wilson, right? You give him, you give him a game. Well, what happens then is because under the CBA, he's considered a repeat offender, that one game suspension immediately becomes a 20-game suspension, right? So you're all of a sudden doling out a small fine or a small suspension that immediately escalates to a 20 game. Now, do you think that was worth 20 games, Phil? No. Exactly, right? So you got to look at it from the league standpoint as well because they don't want to take out a player as electric as Tom Wilson who, as much as people hate him, he brings excitement to the game. He's a little bit of a unicorn and he plays first line for Washington. Yes, he does some rough stuff, but we used to see rough stuff back in the day all the time. That's why you get an enforcer and that's why... New York Rangers, you got to get bigger. You got to get a guy who can push around Tom Wilson. Yeah, but cheap, cheap shots, buddy. It's the cheap shots. That's fine having a bruiser and him doing his thing. It's just cheap shots that need to leave the game. Yeah. And, of course, it's not a 20-game suspension. But maybe they need to kind of relook at this now. They they might. 
Yeah. Might might have to change the rules because this that you know what would have happened if it was just a one game suspension? I don't know if the game the next game would have been as bad. No, I agree with you there. You know what I mean? I agree with you there. I think uh trying to stop that is too. I mean, Booch Navis gets suspended from that game because he was pissed off and crushed hit Manth in the face. Yeah, cross checked him, him in the face, which I mean like him, not a repeat uh offender, gets the one game. But uh you know what you shouldn't have done? You shouldn't have released a statement from your owners and president just bashing George Peros. I thought that was a really classless move by the uh, the New York Rangers uh, front office. I don't know if that was uh, from ownership that it came down from James Dolan, but he's a little bit of an eccentric owner. And uh, I could see that. I Well, I could see him even being the mouthpiece, putting it through his organization, and then firing his guys when it goes the wrong way. I don't know. Like When I saw it, I was like, you know what? You guys stand up for your team. And it could have been just something where he's like, I know I'm going to get fined. But I'm like 250k is literally pocket change, so I'll pay the fine. I just want to voice my opinion and show my support. I think I respect it. That's what I'm trying to say. I think they went a little too far. It was just a little too much. But I mean, I totally get where they're coming at. And uh, they said they didn't fire them because of that. But I mean, what what's the coincidence on that one, eh? Like they literally think we're stupid. Well, if it's coming directly yeah. from the owner, he should come out and say it, not hide behind his, his president and uh, GM that he goes and fires after, right? But uh, I thought it was, uh, on, a, on a hockey side move, uh, hiring uh, Chris Drury as the replacement. I thought that was actually a really smart move by the Rangers. He seems to be a pretty good hockey mind, and he's done a lot for that uh, organization. So as much as it sucked that they, they axed everyone else... Uh, Bring in Chris Drury, I thought was smart move, and you can see that they're gonna, well, want to get bigger. They're gonna have to bring in an enforcer type because I don't think this is over after this season. But you know what was funny when they played them? I think they went one for six in the fights. No way. <laughs> I, I I think there was more fights, but I remember at one point it was just like no one had a win except for I don't know someone who who's small. I forget who he fought, but yeah, they didn't do that well, but they did. Uh, Show some pride. Well, you had that's for sure. You had the line brawl right off the bat, and everyone squaring up and stuff. And that's what I was noticing. I'm like, and Caps win that fight. Caps win that fight. Caps win that fight. And then they win the game. So what kind of statement are you making? Oh yeah, well we'll try to fight you and try to get back at you, and then lose to you six three. Like, come on, man. Well, they're already out, right? So yeah. I guess they had nothing else to lose except a few teeth here and there. It's kind of funny seeing the penalty box though after. Having <laughs> oh my god that was so funny somebody somebody said like uh, I guess there's no COVID yeah no social something like no that. social distancing yeah. after a line brawl and the thing about the Rangers is like they also said that is because uh, because of performance which I mean they're the fifth team in that division they didn't have a good year they definitely had one a better one last year but they're not they didn't make the playoffs and they have like a plus twenty goal differential that's kind of that's uh, kind of unheard of. Well, they they had a pretty slow start to start the year, and I think that uh, had they got it together a little bit uh, quicker, we might have had a little bit of a better season. You had a few factors at the start of the year. You had the D'Angelo situation, which we had touched on earlier. You had Lafreniere kind of still feeling it out. And you've even got guys like Capococco, who, number two overall pick, is still kind of feeling it out, getting used to the NHL, which is normal. These kids are like 19 years old. You can't expect them to shoulder the... Uh, 
the weight of uh, the the most well most valued NHL organization financially in their first season. Like, come on, man! But you look at that division too. Who are they going to knock out? You've got Washington, you've got Pittsburgh, you got Boston, and you got the Islanders. All four teams, I think, are a little bit bigger and a little bit better than the Rangers not yet or right now. I'm not saying that the Rangers aren't going to be better next year, and I think they'll be a lot better. Hey, they're the they're the they're the next team. Yeah. No, I think I think if they get a little bit bigger, they play with a little bit more grit, which you can see they're they're a flashy team right now. They're a scoring team, which is good. But you got to get a little bit more sandpaper in there. And I think if they can get a little bit bigger, a little bit meaner, maybe <laughs> go out and get Ryan Reeves, and then you don't have to worry about Tom Wilson anymore. And uh, I was kind of, I'm just thinking about something, Dalton. Mm-hmm. Would, would your opinion change if it was the Oilers and McDavid? Ooh, you know what? I'm a pretty big homer. I'm a pretty big homer, so I think, I think it would change, but I think I could also. Ex- understand the league standpoint still because at the okay. at the end of the day like i can understand why the fine happened the way it did rather than the suspension i'm not saying everyone has to agree with that but i think you'd be a little cheese yeah well i'd be cheesed if there was the cleanest hit ever that took mcdavid out for the rest of the season right i wasn't trying to call you out i was just super curious <laughs> i was just curious all right so dalton does not endorse cheap shots no no i don't endorse cheap shots i just uh endorse doing your homework <laughs> yeah he's a big rule guy big rule guy big cba guy Mr. i gotta call yeah you're mr cba now <laughs> no i thought okay you know what i thought that was gonna be a little more uh aggressive uh we were kind of aggressive in our text so I, I said I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna hear this guy out, but you were way more aggressive in your promo to my dad. <laughs> your little your Vince McMahon came out, buddy. I I slipped into my uh, my WWE promo right there, and uh, you know what? It wasn't me. You know my dad's like guys. bigger than you, right? Oh, buddy, my dad's bigger than you. Oh, buddy, size doesn't matter. It's what you do with it. Would you say you're the heel? You know what? I'll I'll take on the heel. I'll take on the heel role. Sandro can Sandro can be the face, and you know what? I'll be the uh, the evil villain in this. <laughs> well, a couple games left. Give me uh, give me one of your last Oilers reports. So, Oilers are looking season wise. Yeah. <laughs> well, we clinched playoffs, so we'll definitely see more of the Oilers this year. Uh, they got a chance to clinch the. Uh, home ice advantage tonight's game against uh, the Vancouver Canucks and they've been playing the Canucks pretty much lately they uh, had the COVID games that were postponed and now we're getting them all at once and you know what it's making for some pretty good Oilers hockey right now so they're coming off several last several last game <laughs> yeah we'll get to that Phil we'll get to that but before that we had uh, Oilers knocking off the Flames 4-1 officially eliminating them from the playoffs McDavid with a goal and two assists adding for his run for 100 points in 56 games, which I still think is blowing my mind right now. The man's at 96 points. What is he at? 96 points. 96! And I think he's going to break it tonight, buddy. I think he's going to be coming out hot. The Oilers are coming off a loss against the Canucks, unfortunately, where Koskinen let in four goals on four shots. Now, Phil, this is the first time since 1989. It was November 24th versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Don Beaupre, I've never heard of this guy before, for the Washington Capitals, 
four goals on four shots. Now, your goals against average and your save percentage there have got to be through the roof and in the basement. But you know what? It was one bad game. Koskinen looked pretty mad. He snapped his stick. We put in Mike Smith, and there was almost an instant comeback. But hard to come back when you're down four. So before that, Edmonton Oilers had a couple really good games against uh, Vancouver. 1-5-3 and 4-1. And you know what? Tonight, I think McDavid hits 100 points. I bet you that it's going to be a Oilers blowout. They're going to be coming out feisty. They're going to be coming out firing at all cylinders. And I think McDavid has at least a four-point night. You know what? I'm going to say five points. Five points tonight, and he gets to 101. That is some hot takes. Five points. That's a lot. We'll see. We'll see. The Leafs. I'm not going to get into the games. Three games left. And they have 74 points. They're 34-13-6. Eight points ahead of the Oilers. Oilers have one game in hand. Statistically, right, Dalton? You guys could still leap us. If you win all four and we lose all three? Yes, I believe we're in within that kind of shot that uh, statistically there's a chance that uh, we jump you guys, but uh, it's looking more like it's going to be Leafs and probably Habs in the first round and then uh, Oilers and Jets with both our teams getting home ice advantage, though. Yeah, definitely. I think if they win another game, they could kind of cement that first. Uh, I think you guys are definitely, the Oilers are definitely cemented into second. Now, let's chat about the, uh, well, before we get into third and fourth, I just want to shout out Matthews. Okay, we shout out McDavid a lot, and we deserve to, but we got to shout out Matthews, 40 goals in this season, nine goals ahead of McDavid. Like, he is probably one of the elite goal scorers in this league, and I can't wait for him to bring home uh the the Rocket Richard Trophy, which I don't think the Leafs ever won, which is huge. No, it's absolutely massive. You look at the scoring pace that Matthews has had, and uh, yeah, I was watching uh, on Sportsnet the other day. They were showing McDavid and Matthews' numbers and showing the last time we've had this kind of pace. And keep in mind, that's in an 82-game season, Phil. And that man that did that was Mario Lemieux. Like, wow. We're Well, I mean, like, Matthews had 47 goals last year in, I guess, 70-something games. He had 40 goals now in less than 50. It will be less than 56. He was injured for a couple. So that already just proves that like both of them are just like absolutely dominating. And you got to give a shout-out to Keefe, Sheldon Keefe, for putting Marner on his line. Babcock never did. Marner has assisted on 25 of his 40 goals. Yeah, I don't get why Babcock never put, like, the top players together it seems like a no-brainer but i mean he was also putting marner on the fourth Which line ours. yeah and well dropping him down lines to punish him for no reason yeah but in his first year it was marner and tavares and marner had more points than matthews that year so like he still did well mm. but it, but now that they're together they just bring out so many opportunities and chances and they they obviously work well together and marner who's has more points than mcdavid uh, sorry, not McDavid, that's Matthews. No one has more points than McDavid. Sorry, Marner has no power play goals, and he's like fourth in league scoring. No power play goals. No pa- <laughs> How? <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. But I love watching him play. Um, let's go back to the comment I meant. So Winnipeg's third right now. Mm-hmm. Montreal's fourth. Winnipeg has 59 points with 52 games played. Montreal has 57 points with 53 games played. 
So one has four games, the other one has three games left. Do you think Montreal could potentially uh, jump them? So if you would have asked me this last week, Phil, I would have 100% agreed that, yeah, I think Montreal may jump Winnipeg. And you know what? I was kind of worried about that. Edmonton's played a lot better against Winnipeg this season than they have against Montreal. It's no secret there. But Winnipeg, their last game, they came out against Calgary, and they seemed to make a little bit of a statement there. It was a 4 nothing victory, I believe, and they scored, well, one of the statement goals was on a Calgary four-minute uh, power play. Winnipeg took it the other way and scored on them, yeah. So I don't know if Winnipeg's going to keep up the difficulty that they were having before they were on what a seven game losing streak and then they they finally so. snapped it against calgary and i think you know what maybe this is the start of something else for winnipeg they can scratch through and uh keep that third spot over montreal because i think it's winnipeg's spot to lose right now is what i'm trying to say yeah it definitely is so that division's still kind of up in the air a couple other divisions are 100 percent clinched so i want to do a little playoff report but before we do our real playoff report so Carolina clinched the Central. They got that Y next to their name. So they have 80 points. So it's going to be Tampa-Florida matchup. So the Battle of Florida, which is pretty cool because... It's the first time it's happened in the playoffs. This is the first time really? they faced each other in the playoffs, which is so nuts to think about. And they're both playing extremely well. So Nashville-Dallas is fighting for that four spot. I think it could go either, either way, but I'm probably leaning towards Dallas. Yeah, I think... With Dallas right now, they finally got Tyler Sagan back from injury. And, well, Ben Bishop's still a question mark right now. He's still recovering from his postseason surgery. But even if he comes back for playoffs, Ben Bishop is quite the goalie. And I think you're injecting some real talent into your lineup. Um, what about Dobby? What about Dobby? What about Dobby? Uh, you know what? Hey, if he brings back the playoff magic from last year, then you go with him. But this season, he's kind of been a little bit up and down. They've turned to Ottinger a lot. But man, Rupe Hints. I just want to quickly talk about him, just give him a little shout out. Have you seen how this man's been playing injured? No. So Rupe Hints has been playing this entire season with an injury. He doesn't practice and he's a game time decision every single game. Usually doesn't play back-to-backs unless it's a big back-to-back. This man's getting two to three points a game, Phil, right now. He's on, like... What's wrong with him? I, I believe it's a, a lower a lower body injury that he's just been nursing all season and just won't go get surgery on it because he wants to make the push for the playoffs. But it's insane to see this man just playing through this injury pretty much the entire season and just taking off at the end of the season like he is right now. They've got him playing with Pavelski. Oh, man. That's a hockey player for you. Don Cherry would actually like him. Oh, maybe not. He's not Canadian, but... Um, <laughs> let's talk about how the, uh, the East division is clinched, but like not the division, all the teams have clinched playoff spots. Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, New York Islanders. You've said it before. They're pretty close, but I think, I think the battle for that first spot is going to be between, uh, Pittsburgh and Washington. And then I'm, I, I feel like Boston actually kind of cemented their third spot. They've been playing really good, especially with Hall, but I mean, it's love. I I checked the stats, and it's left to see Crosby's name leading the Pens. <laughs> Still. 24 goals. Crazy. Absolutely nuts, and they've been doing it without Malkin. Malkin just, just came back from injury. So I thought uh, that Jeff Carter pickup by them was actually 
pretty decent looking now when he scored four goals the other night. <laughs> four goals, first time he's ever done that. <laughs> I got to, I had to eat my words on that one for sure. And Bo Bennett for sure. Yeah. Then there's the West Division. All the playoff teams are uh, clinched for playoffs. You got Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis. I mean, this one is like you, you you're gonna want to see that Vegas, uh, Colorado matchup, buddy. I think this not not in the first round, but in in the second round. I think this is gonna be a war of a division, man. And I think we need to give the Minnesota Wild a bit more respect and the respect they deserve. Look at them right now. They're ahead of Colorado right now, man. Are in they? that two three spot, they're spot number two right now. The Minnesota Wild, playing well. yeah, they're quietly having a great season under uh, Bill Guerin. And, you know... Kirill. Oh, Dollar Bill Kirill. He has, uh, I think he has like four, 47 points. He's the he's running away. He's going to get the Calder. We called this at the start of the year. The man's going to get the Calder. But Chase, uh, what's his name? Robertson. Oh, yeah. Uh, on Dallas is is making a making a push, but I think it's definitely uh, Kirill the Thrill Dollar Bill Kirill. I think is definitely gonna win. I it. think if Robertson played at the start of the year and got the minutes he's getting now at the start of the year, it'd be a lot closer. But I totally agree with you. Uh, Dollar Bill Kirill the Thrill has been just lighting it up since the start of the season. You could see he's he's Minnesota's new star player right in his first season, and it shows. And he is clutch in overtime he's been clutch for that team on that line with Zuccarello and Rask like they've just been doing great and uh, I think Minnesota could surprise like everyone's saying it's going to be Vegas or Colorado watch out for Minnesota man they might surprise you in the first round okay but could Minnesota beat Vegas could Minnesota beat Marc-Andre Fleury oh you know it, you know why I brought this up yeah yeah and you know if I doubt Vegas they're going to go and just sweep their way <laughs> through the first round. <laughs> but uh, Marc-Andre Fleury just became number three all-time wins, Phil. He passed Roberto Luongo the other night with win number 490. I know. We mentioned it the other day, and I, I knew it was coming. Dude, that's amazing. Like, I, had, I, have, I have to ask you, do you think he's the third best goalie of all time? Yeah, I think uh, of all time. I mean, I, I I don't know. He's got the he's got the accolades. This 490 wins is a lot, and, and in this era where it's three Stanley Cups as well, and on two and two teams. But then, because I'm assuming you'd be putting Martin Brodeur and Patrick Waugh's one and two, right? Yeah, I'm trying to. I I think I'm gonna stay away from the old guys. Because what I'm saying is, do you think then? Is Marc Andre Fleury better than Dominic Hasek? Yeah. Okay, that is tough. I would. I would actually have to do a little research. Right. Like I think, as an individual, what, how many cups? How many cups does he have? Hasek has three as well, I believe. Yeah, I think he won one. One with. No, he won all of his with Detroit. All of them with Detroit. All of them with Detroit. Yeah, he ha- he made the finals with Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't win. They didn't win because uh, <laughs> Brett Hall had his foot in the crease, but they decided not to count that rule because it wouldn't look good. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess it could go both ways, but, yeah, I'd have to, actually have to do a little research. Let me get back to you on that one. All right, all right. Maybe we'll have to have a, uh, a goalie breakdown where we talk about all the goats on one of these episodes. Although I asked you the question and you flipped it back, and I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. It was a good one. <laughs> but... You know, that's, I think we've been chatting for hockey for about 30 minutes, which 
it's normal for us, but let's let's move over to to some fighting. Um, next week, next Saturday, we got UFC two sixty two. I know, I know, you're gonna want to talk about the Oil Kings. We'll get into them for sure. Okay, leave leave them to the end. I, I got you. I screwed up there. I got you, buddy. But we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. UFC two sixty two. The first title fight for the lightweight belt. Have we been waiting for this moment or what? Man, this division's been in shambles, Phil. Shambles. And we're finally, finally getting the belt fight for this. I am pumped. I can't wait to see what happens next year between Chandler and Oliveira. And I think we've got a great fight that we're going to be looking forward to. We've got the former three-time Bellator champion coming over to show what he's got in the UFC, and you know what? He's a little bit shorter for this division, but man, he packs a punch, and I think Chandler's going to surprise lots. I know he's been hyped a lot by Dana White, but I think he deserves the hype. But then on the other side, you've got Charles Oliveira, who's currently riding, what, an eight-fight win streak? Eight, yeah. And just dummied Tony Ferguson, who was one of the perennial lightweight contenders that we thought would be challenging for a belt right now but Oliveira said nope and I think this is really going to hammer out this division a little bit more and I can't wait to see one what happens during this fight and then two what happens after this fight in this division yeah because like depending on who wins could mean different things for sure so Oliveira's 38 and 0 with one no contest and Chandler's 25 and 5 I guess in his career but one and oh in the ufc i think i think i am gonna i think i'm gonna go with chandler on this one yeah i know he's the he's not the favorite but just watching his last fight and uh i don't know he looks i saw him the other day i was reading something he looked jacked he isn't the favorite though so i think he's the underdog mine well minus 125 is usually the favorite right yeah plus 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 is the so yeah so 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 Chandler's plus one oh five and uh Oliveira's um minus one twenty five. Yeah it's a close one. It depends on yeah. how th- yeah, it's close, but I mean you gotta give credit eight UFC fights in a row, right? One UFC fight in a row. He's lucky to be in the title fight in his second fight. He's lucky. Yeah. Cause that doesn't happen to everyone. He definitely walked into a division where it was pretty much anyone's chance to get a title shot. And he had a really, really good fight against uh, Hooker and knocked him out early. So, like, it, it was a good statement fight to start. But I think Dana White's also trying to, you know, make a little bit more of a storyline and bring in his shiny new fighter and give him a shot right off the bat. Hey, if it works, if he comes out with the title in his second fight, you got a storyline right there. Then everyone's going to try to beat the new guy out. That they're going to be probably cheesed in the same card. Tony Ferguson versus Dariush. I've actually never heard of that guy. Is he good? Ah, uh, now I think he's favored too. Dariush is favored. <laughs> I think so. Well, I mean, Tony's lost a few of his uh, his last few fights, and uh, I think this will be a really good fight. I think this is definitely a tune-up fight for tony ferguson and if tony ferguson loses this fight there's going to be a lot of question marks there because this was the guy that everyone wanted to face khabib and he was the guy that everyone thought had a chance to beat khabib because of his uh, jiu-jitsu ground game and just his explosiveness and his cardio and everything like that so like 
Tony, you better win this fight if you want to get back in that picture. But I don't want to not give any credit to uh, Darush. He's a great fighter as well. And you know what? If he wins, I don't think we should be completely shocked. But I'm... I mean, his record's good. Oh yeah, twenty twenty four and one, and uh, Ferguson twenty six and five. Those are those are both outstanding. Uh, I guess resumes. Yeah, they're they're both great fighters, and that's why I'm saying like this is basically this fight's going to show what Tony Ferguson's going to be looking like moving forward. Because, I mean, the man's coming off quite a few losses off his last few fights, and now is where he's got to put his money where his mouth is. Needs to have a big fight, and I think he needs more than just a decision win in this fight. I think he needs, or sorry, a yeah, yeah, more than just going to scorecards on decision. I think he needs a finish. I think he might have to come out with a rap album, too, or a rap song. I think that might be the might be the play for him. You know, it's funny when we when we go over the show or what we're gonna talk about, and you always be like, "I gotta talk about this random UFC guy I've never heard of," and then I just smile and nod. What was that guy's name again? You were gonna bring up? Ah, my boy, Anthony Rumble Johnson is back, baby. So, Bellator two five eight was last night. You know, when I was uh, originally telling you, I'm like, "Oh man, nothing's happening in the fighting world." Like. We have another fight that I'm going to get to a little bit later here. But, uh, yeah, totally forgot Bellator 258 was on last night. But I watched back the highlights. I watched back what happened. And Anthony Rumble Johnson, light heavyweight perennial contender from the UFC, decided to retire when he was the number one uh, ranked light heavyweight fighter after losing to DC twice. But he went over, signed with Bellator, got in their light heavyweight tournament. And, bro... So, he was fighting earlier on. He was pissed off by the way the fight ended. Uh, well, he won, and he was still pissed off. <laughs> but uh, he KO'd Jose Augusto in the second round. He hit him hard with his world's heaviest hands, and he turned the lights out. But before that, in the first round, it wasn't looking good for Rumble, man. He took a uh, pretty hard shot. He got dropped. And they thought there might be uh, a finish. By the way, Augusto was fighting this uh, fight on a broken hand. He broke his hand mid-first round. And, uh, yeah, he dropped Rumble Johnson. But Rumble came back in the uh, second round, made a statement knockout. And he's going to be facing Vadim Nemkov in the next round. Now, keep in mind, this is a tournament. So Nemkov is currently the light heavyweight champion of Bellator. So this is going to be a title fight next round in Rumble Johnson's second fight back. So July, we're going to get the semifinals there. You've got uh, Corey Anderson on the other side facing um, uh, Darth Bader, <laughs> Ryan Bader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bader, the former, uh, I think he's a former 205 champ in Bellator, but he's the current heavyweight champ. He dropped to 205 to take on the tournament. And uh, Rumble Johnson has a win over Bader already. So I think no matter what happens here, he's got to get past Nemkov first. Nemkov's a killer. But uh, we're going to get some excited light heavyweight action in Bellator. We also had two more fights on that card I want to briefly shout out. Uh, Sergio Pettis won the bantamweight belt by decision over Juan Archuleta, which is a pretty big deal. Sergio Pettis had been in the UFC for a while, wasn't really getting fights. He's uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis' brother. And Anthony Showtime Pettis went over to PFL, didn't have a very good uh, debut, but this debut for 
Pettis and him, uh, or Sergio Pettis and him coming over. And uh, yeah, he got the got it done. Won the bantamweight belt. I think it's great for him. Great to see this guy finally get his due. And then finally we had, uh, well, did you see the Instagram post that I sent to you of uh, that guy's nose? Yes. You send a lot, though. So <laughs> <I'm not sure>. <laughs> <laughs> well, that man was Derek Anderson, who um, Michael Venom Page was fighting at uh, a 175 uh, catch weight. And, uh, yeah, he TKO'd him with a kick to the face that basically blew up his nose into two pieces. It was pretty gross. And uh, called out Douglas Lima for a welterweight title shot next, which should be an exciting fight because uh, I don't know how much you know about Michael Venom Page. He's the guy I sent you before that uh, threw the Pokeball after knocking out a guy. <laughs> That's all I know. That is literally all I know about him. <laughs> he's he's an entertaining fighter. He's a, he's a knockout artist. And... Uh, yeah, he has some really interesting celebrations going from throwing Pokeballs at guys to uh, the Infinity Gauntlet with one fight. He's a bit of a nerd, but he's a great fighter. And uh, yeah, he wants a rematch against Douglas Lima. The last time he fought him, he actually got knocked out. He had his leg swept into a head punch and the fight was over before it even started. So I'm really excited to see what's next in Bellator and to see what's next for all these fighters, and you know what? I think they deserve a lot more viewership than they get. I totally agree. I probably uh, won't won't ever watch Bellator. Too much too much fighting for me. But I'm excited to see what's gonna go on next week. Gonna see what's gonna happen in this lightweight shambles division. But in the meantime, I just wanted to move it over to the diamonds, buddy. Not one, not two, not three, not four, potentially five no-nos this season. Can you believe that? Like, that's that's getting up there in the numbers. Uh, so, I think I, uh, I had some. Yeah, the MLB record for no-nos in a season is seven. It's happened like four or five times. Bro, we're at four. We could have had five. And it's uh, May. That's nuts. I thought, like, seeing... As many as we had, as soon as we had, like, pretty much having one to talk on for, what, the last three episodes has been absolutely insane. That's what, like, seeing that has just been crazy. And do you think this is kind of because there might be, like, a different atmosphere with the less fans slash no fans? Do you think this is something to do with the schedule? Or do you think we're just seeing some awesome baseball right now? Well, I was curious, so I did a little research. You know, I put on my Phil, my Phil Nye the Science Guy hat. And so apparently league batting average is .234, which is an all-time low. But the strikeout percentage is 24.3%, which is super high. So that somehow this year, I don't know why, it's, it's easier for, they were saying it's easier for pitchers to get no-nos this year. Because the batting the batting average is down. But I mean, so do you credit that to the pitchers being great, or do you credit that to the batters being bad? I think the batters. I don't know. Like it, it's hard to tell without doing like further research. But like, I just it looks like the bats are, are a little uh, a little down this year compared to last year. Smaller season. But your games are closer together too, right? Like. Uh... I'm looking at this for the Jays. They've played every single day for a week straight, right? So, I don't know. Maybe it's 
something with a condensed schedule or something. I don't know. I'm... Yeah, but the lineups change all the time. True. Very true. And, like, you can look at the Jays roster. They haven't got a lot of guys that aren't hitting well at all. So, maybe maybe it is hitting this year. Um, I wanted to talk about the no-nos. The third one was uh, the Orioles' John Means. 6 nothing win versus uh, the Sa- Seattle Mariners. Runner reached on a wild pitch. Oh, that must fucking suck. First time in history uh, somebody has done that. They missed. It was a missed third strike. And then the guy ran and made it. Oh, come so, on. So he was... Yeah, I know. Oh. It wasn't in, like, the end of the game, though. Uh, he had 113 pitches, 12 Ks. Uh, first, in Oriole, uh, first in Orioles history since 91, sixth in team history. So that was cool to see. Then, then we're, like, laughing. Oh, wow, another one, another one. And then, actually, another one. Fourth no-no, or fifth, I put. Uh, Reds Wade Miley who's, I believe, played for at least, like, 10 years. 3 nothing win versus the uh, Cleveland Indians, which is the second time they were no-hit in three weeks. Oh. <laughs> he had 114 pitches, one walk, 8 Ks, 17th time in team history. So it's cool to see that, like, it's cool to see no-nos. We're, at this rate, we're probably going to see a perfect game. Well, I saw a pretty cool stat uh, for that last, that Wade Miley uh, no-no. So the last... Reds pitcher to do this was Homer Bailey, and he did it in back-to-back seasons, 2012 and 2013. So I just thought that was pretty pretty interesting. They hadn't done it since 2013. They uh, got another one, but man, if any season we're gonna finally get another perfect game, I think it's gonna be this one, man. These pitchers just seem to be on, and you know what? Let's see Ryu get a no-no. I want to see Ryu get a no-no this year. I think he deserves a no-no. I would love to see Ryu even just get a complete game or a complete game shutout. Even that would be, be cool. I guess a complete game shutout is a no-no. Um, oh, I guess it could be. Could be, yeah. Yeah, it would be a no-no. But um, talk, let's talk about the Jays. 16 and 15, third in the AL East, three games behind Boston. I think they're playing pretty good baseball. Like, they swept Atlanta. So we're, I, I've been talking about that sweep. sweep for a while. I fucking grabbed out my broom. Two and two versus Oakland. Now, if you don't watch baseball, you're like, what does that mean? Oakland's first in the AL West, and they are 20 and 14. And we beat them 10 4 and 10 5 or something like that. And Ryu uh, pitched a 10 4 game. He pitched pretty good. Then he got the W, which was, which was great to see. They lost, though, 10 4 last night to the uh, Cheaters, the Astros. They lost 10 4. So two more against the, uh, the Astros, but. Springer's hurt again. Yeah, Dalton. I know your head's down. I I don't even know what to kind of say about this. He's only played three games. Oh, well, three and a half. Well, I texted you earlier about this. I said, "Do we have to be worried about this Springer injury? Because the man's coming back from injury, immediately goes back on the IL, and they're saying, yeah, you know what? It's going to be like a ten day. Do you think he's going to be out more than ten days? I don't know. I mean, you already you already know that he kind of takes his time and. It, when his body's ready, I think it's still the quad injury, leg injury. I just, I hope he's back in less than 10. Ryu was back in less than 10, right? So maybe it's just a couple of days away. But we need to see him play more. When he's playing, he hits well. Yep. But three and a half games, and we're paying $150 million and he hasn't played one game in the outfield. I get it that he's hurt, but, like, eh, we got we got to see him soon. I mean... It would definitely benefit the team. Yeah, you can't <laughs> need, need 
need to go from 16 and 15 to more than one game ahead of your losses. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you there. Um, you drop all that money on basically the biggest free agent that the Jays have signed in years, and you need him to play. Like, three and a half games, it's great that he came back for a little bit, but, like, this guy needs to come back, stay in the lineup, and we need to get things going with the Jays. I know it's still early in the season, there's still time, but, like, we need to start spreading out that win differential a little bit more. Can't be staying at 500 the entire season. We need to put a little bit more of an emphasis on this season and one player I thought has been doing this and has been light lights out I just want to give a quick shout out to Vlad Guerrero Jr. what can't he do exactly and he's hitting extremely well he's playing well in first base Bo's playing well Marcus Semyon's been hitting well recently so there are definitely some guys that are that are doing well the Jays are moving back to Buffalo they are playing uh, June 1st at Salem Field, so they got a new home to go to, but a little closer to Toronto. I think they did some renovations to it. It's it's where the Bisons play, their AAA affiliate. They moved to New Jersey. Uh, they renovated it, so it's cool to see that the they'll be moving there, moving from Dunedin. Don't know what, how that's going to affect them, but... I think that's exciting. It'll be nice to get them a little bit closer to uh, Canada again, and... Uh... I know Dan's going to be super excited. I already saw his post. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Gambin. Gambino is definitely going to be pumped. I don't think he can go over, though. No, still can't cross borders. But you know what? As soon as they can, I bet you Dan will be there and in the crowd. Oh, he is a season ticket holder. He is, eh? Did you know that my family was a season ticket holder of the Raptors a long time ago? No way. Yeah. R- real long time ago. I was a kid. I uh, used to go to the games with a D and a fence. <laughs> you were the defense guy. I love it. I was. Well, I was I was one part of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we got stopped by like City TV one time going to a game. They're like, "Yo, that's sick." And we were on TV. <laughs> but I wanted to bring up the Raptors, 27 and 40. Uh uh, uh four ga- four games behind the 10th seeded Washington Wizards, who they just lost to. Five games remain. It's not looking pretty, buddy. Man, they, uh, I, I don't know what to say about these raps, man. Like, they'll have some great flashes of brilliance, and it seems like we're starting to get guys back in the lineup, and then they'll just drop a few games. Like, they're they're on the brink of that play-in. They're on the brink of it, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. But then they go, and they beat the Lakers, 121-114, to which, I mean, gets LeBron talking after. And he starts talking about how much he hates the play-in and how whoever came up with the play-in should be fired. Now, do you think LeBron was right on that, or do you think he's just whining? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of stupid, but I mean, when when we're talking about it, because our team could potentially make it, it's cool. Mm-hmm. So, like LeBron was kept his mouth shut for time. They they this one was before the season started it's only when his team got closer to that spot into that tournament he started complaining oh exactly if if lakers were actually at the top of the west and not uh teetering on having to play in the play-in he wouldn't be saying anything but him and anthony davis have been sitting out most of the season anyways so i mean like you can't have load management and then also be like oh but i don't want to play the play-in because we clinched we clinched the thing is it's like with LeBron, so, like, he doesn't like it, but you said whining. He's allowed to kind of say what he can say because his words 
actually mean something to the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, he can actually get things changed around this league. That's how big of a figure he is. So, like, obviously, it's, it is whining. But if he doesn't do it, his voice doesn't get across. And his voice goes a lot longer than some of those other players. So, well, I can see why he, he does He's it. also the only player that's allowed to tamper, like, explicitly tamper, and not get punished for it. I get it. LeBron's a superstar. He's a huge figure. He's huge for the NBA. And that's... That's great, but like at the same time, man, you can't go into the season knowing you're gonna have a play in the entire season, and then like what? How many games are left? Like four. Uh, Raps have five. They're playing Memphis, Clippers, Bulls, Mavs, Pacers. As much as if they don't make this play-in tournament, don't make the playoffs. I don't. And and there's you know it was a bumpy ride. Their their uh, record's not that good. I don't think the Raps are that bad of a team and I think if they make some good choices in the offseason it could potentially help them get better I think they got some pieces so as much as it's a somber season I think there is some potential there I 100% agree with you there I think the Raps have a huge chance to skyrocket back to being one of the top teams in the east this might be a growing pains year but like we've had some really good games we've had some really good highlights like we've talked in the past before getting Gary Trent Jr. Like, and bringing him in, he seems like he's going to be a star for the team moving forward. And I need to say that I have very much enjoyed watching Ken Burge play. Yes. Remember when we were talking, we said, you know what? Ah, maybe he's just going to be around for you. He's been killing it. I've been enjoying his game. So I wanted to, I, I for, um, thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to sh- just kind of send my little thoughts on that. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. And I think, you know what? Maybe this is a retooling year. If the Raptors make the plan, would be great to see, great to see them play any extra basketball they get to play. But I don't think we have to hit the panic button just yet if they don't make it. Which I mean, like, you maybe get a huge free agent signing in the off season. We find out what's happening with Lowry. We retool a little bit, and I think Raptors will be right back in it. Yeah, we just got to fix the puzzle pieces a little bit and uh, and get some new ones and and see if that works because. Again, there, there's definitely something there that's not... We're not like uh, Orlando, so... <laughs> now, before we get into soccer, uh, let's talk about the WHL. Let's talk about the Oil Kings. You bet. They get their own spot. They get their own spot because they, fuck, they fucking deserve it. You bet. This Oil Kings team. Phil, at the start of the year, I told you this team would go 20-4. and four. And I made it public that I thought this team would go 20 and 4. You know what? They did me one better. They proved me wrong, Phil. This team at the end of the WHL regular season is 22 and 1. So you're wrong. I was wrong. They didn't play 24 games. They didn't play 24 games. So they went technically 20 and 3 with a, a shootout loss. So I guess they got the extra point on me. But man, they've been playing. Or, well, they played Unreal Hockey without Dylan Gunther for the last uh, few games here. He was out uh, winning a gold medal with Canada. Shout out to the U18s. And uh, that probably the nastiest U18 uh, Team Canada team we've seen since McDavid's team, the last one to win gold. But back to my Oil Kings. Their last three games, they finished off the season 4-2 loss to the Red Deer Rebels. But then they came back won their last two games, 3-2 against the Hurricanes, and emphasized the season with a 3-0 shutout victory of the Medicine Hat Tigers. Now, 
My only disappointment is these guys don't get to play any extra hockey after this season. But you know what? I couldn't be prouder of these boys. They won their division once again three years in a row now, Phil. And I can't wait till the NHL draft to watch these guys reap the benefits. Because I think not only are we going to have two of the top prospects in the draft, one top three, one top 15, our goalie. And then I think, you know what? A couple of these guys here and there that... uh, are uh, on the team maybe in their last year or maybe uh, didn't think that they were going to get drafted this upcoming season, I think you're going to see a lot more Oil Kings go in this draft than we thought we were going to go before. Interesting. I'm definitely excited to see that and excited to see the guys who deserve to go in their respective spots. Dylan deserves it. Uh, A shout-out to Team Canada as well. Dylan, Gunther, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard played amazing. And uh, the guy on the Russian team, Michov. Oh. They're saying that could be the He's... next Crosby Ovechkin with him and uh Yep. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring it up. He had a hell of a draft and he Now onto the soccer world. Onto the soccer world. We got a final for the Champions League and it's an all English final called the Man City versus Chelsea. Man City beat PSG two nothing and Chelsea beat Real Madrid two nothing in their leg two. Both uh, easily took those victories and now May twenty ninth they're gonna be playing against each other. Um, it's supposed to play in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, not sure it's going to be there. They might move it. Uh, there's some COVID issues there at the moment. And, um, I guess Man City's favored, but we don't want them to win. Right? (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Unfortunately, Phil, I think this is the year Man City gets it done. Um, again, right? Yeah, they're, they're looking really good. Uh, well, I think this would be Man City's first Champions League victory. Uh, if they if they win the Champions League, um, yeah, that team's been under Pep Guardiola for the last few years. He seems to be a uh, well a regular league winner perennially, but he hasn't quite got it done in the Champions League with some of his new teams. I know with Bayern, we kind of teetered on that Champions League status, uh, well, Champions League winner status. But I think this might be the year for them. They've looked great this tournament so far. Uh, they really took care of PSG and you know what I I think they might have it credit where credit's due to Chelsea they've had a great tournament they've looked great and they knocked off Real Madrid but uh this Man City team man they're they're looking pretty unstoppable and they're first in the Premier League for a reason right yeah so they might win both they definitely coach well your guys are playing amazing uh, as a as a person who tends to like Man United more, and my cousins are Man City fans. It sucks, but fuck, kudos to them. When is May 29th? It's coming up two weeks from now? Yeah, yeah, it's coming up pretty soon here. We're going to have uh, a lot going down in the uh, the upcoming weeks, and then we're going to have a really exciting uh, Champions League final to look forward to. Exactly, and we'll, uh, we'll chat about it a little more when some storylines come out. But uh, today is Saturday, May 8th. Tomorrow is Saturday, uh, Sunday, May 9th, and that's Mother's Day. And I just wanted to shout out all the mothers out there. I wanted to shout out, you know, my mother, Anna Janini. Uh, I know sometimes she listens, so shout out to you, Mom. Love you. Shout out to my mother, Valerie Scamhorn. Uh, you're the best. Thanks for being such a great mom. Love you so much, and uh, looking forward to seeing you on uh, Mother's Day. And uh, to all the hockey moms, soccer moms, and any uh, sport moms out there, this one's for you. I'm Phil Janini. I'm Dalton Scamahorn. And this is For the Fans Podcast. Have a good one.